the Secret Circle. Welcome to the Secret Circle with me, Dr. Luke Decker, the podcast where I chat with authors, filmmakers, musicians, and more about the art of their craft and let you in on some of their secrets. Uh, today's guest is Oscar Demurel. Uh, he's the author of the thrilling, uh, thrilling Frey and McGray novels set in uh, broody Victorian Edinburgh. Um, and he's also written a brand new book called The Death on the Polar Express, a incredibly fun Christmas thriller. Um, and today we're going to let you in on some of his secrets. So without further ado, let's bring Oscar on. Oscar, welcome to the show. Welcome. Hi, Luke. Thank you very much. I love the hat. Thank you. I'm, I'm rocking some Blink-182, except it's, it's, it's now getting kind of hot in the loft. And I'm like, oh, no, am I going to start getting too hot for this hat? Oh, well, actually, this is the only room in my house that doesn't have any heating, which is, uh, which is also my writing room. Uh, I didn't think go. that through, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You know, it's. I mean, dur- see, during the summer, it's boy. I'm in the loft. My my office is in the loft, so where I am. Oh yeah. Summertime is awful, so I basically can't work up here most most summer. Um, wintertime is great because it's it's you know it's it's a it's a mix, and at least I can, at least I can open the window. So if I get too hot, I can oh, I can at least cool. do that. Yeah, but. Yeah. So again, it was really cool to have you on the show. Um, one thing I always start off with uh, when I have like a writer on is I'm always fascinated to understand uh, everyone's different perspectives and and uh, reasons for why they decided to or feel the need to write. So that's that's the first question for you is is why why do you why do you write why do you tell stories? Uh, well, you know when when people ask me that for the first time, I I couldn't come up with an answer, and then it took me just days to actually think why yeah um and i had to go back to like when i was really really young when i took my took a pencil for the first time and i, mm. I was like seven when i wrote my first tiny tiny short story yeah um and i i think it it, it comes down to just having something in your mind and wanting it to exist mm. it's like um like a painter that just wants to capture something and you just want the painting to exist or or when you see something with like photographers you just want to capture the moment yeah uh just for the sake of it um yeah it, not necessarily to share it it's just well at least at least for me personally it was just i just mm. wanted the stories to to exist yeah um and then you, you and i find out that i could you know make a living out of it and uh that, that was that's a plus like if you, yeah <laughs> you can devote your life to that, that that's fantastic <laughs> yeah yeah i love that actually it's funny because i get all these different kind of perspectives on that but i i like the idea of like the the comparison between like a, a photographer because yeah i, I relate to that quite a bit because I, I take i do amateur photography I, I i love taking pictures love going places i don't really share my photos but it's 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 like it's for me and I love the fact that I've captured a moment and, and yeah, so I, I, I love that. That's a, that's a fun, that's a fun answer. I'm, I, I like that. So when, when did your writing journey begin? When did you sit down and say, okay, I'm going to write this book and, and get it published or, or, you know, I'm going to write this book. And then when did you decide to pursue publishing? Well, it was very early on. I was, I was quite precocious in that sense. Cause I, I remember I read, Jurassic Park when I was 10 years old mm. I always I always tell the story that that's the book that made me want to become a writer right uh, why, why? It, it was I picked it up and it's it was way scarier than the movie I had seen the movie before and I was ah. obsessed with it um and then when I read the book I thought oh this is I had to put it down because I, when I was very young and some of the scenes are actually really scary yeah uh, they purposely took them out of the movie 
yeah. to make it more commercial, obviously. Um, and I loved it. And I, I, up until then, I, I, I liked reading stories and my mom read to me a lot. And um, But I didn't know that a book could just make you feel so scared or so mm. excited or, um, or make you laugh out loud. So that, that, that was when I, the moment I, that it clicked, like I want to, I want to do that. And even aged 10, 11, I was like, oh, I really want to get published. I really want to get published. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I sent my first um, manuscript to, to a publisher when I was 15, 16. Wow. Um, and actually they commissioned me to write uh, a short novel from that wow it but it never got published actually i've never i never told that story dude i should i should tell it more yeah yeah so um, tell me about this book if you're, you're 15 16 you're writing a book and it's and it's like a publisher's interested what tell me about that uh, yeah in the in the end they did they didn't well i the book i sent them it was a bit too long not quite what they were looking for right but they said we like your style we yeah. see you promise here. Can you write something of this length and blah blah blah? Yeah. Um and I did. Um it's still somewhere somewhere <laughs> in, in the hard in, in some hard drive somewhere. Yeah. Um in the end, um that was Mexico. Uh so the 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 publisher had um problems, money problems, and uh, they they went bankrupt bankrupt uh. before they could actually publish it. Damn. Uh which was really gutting for my yeah. 16 year old, as you can imagine. Yeah. Do you remember um, what the story was about? Uh, it was a it was a fantasy. Uh well, kind of a lot of the rings ripoff, to be to be quite frankly. It was it wasn't Fair the best I mean I was 16, it wasn't my it was it wasn't uh groundbreaking stuff, but uh yeah. but I, I was really proud of myself. Uh, it yeah. was a proper, you know, beginning, middle and end <laughs> co- awesome. coherent story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was I was very proud of it. Awesome. So then okay, so so you 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 had that that was kind of your first kind of big experience and then and then what happened after that? Did you did you take a break? Did you keep trying? What what, what I I kept next? trying and the um and I think it was I was 22 when I moved to the UK mm. and I had tried a few I had written a few uh novels which I think were quite competent. Mm. Um, and but but I never got them published in yeah. in Mexico. Um then when I came to the UK, uh, I kind of put the writing aside because I was doing my PhD. And you know how hard it is to do a PhD. <laughs> so <I> do. <laughs> Congratulations on your uh, on your doctorate, by the way. Thank you very much. <laughs> no corrections. Oh my god. No corrections. Still, <laughs> still pinching myself on that because I'm like I'm not smart enough to do one that doesn't require corrections. Are you, are you sure you guys got this right? <laughs> <laughs> no, you have every right to uh, brag about that. Ed. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um. So yeah, I put the writing writing aside for a little while, and then I got a job. Um, in, this is going to show my age. I got my first job in the UK after finishing my PhD, just when the credit crunch hit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they they, they uh, the company that hired I was the last hire before they had to go through the redundancy processes, oh. uh, and I, I was sure they gonna they were gonna uh, sack me. Yeah. Um, and my work permit was linked to that job, so I would have yeah. had to go back to Mexico. Um, but they said, "Oh, Oscar, we we like your your work. Um, mm. We want to keep you, but we'll reduce your hours to to three days a week. Right? Obviously, salary pro rata as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was way better than you know being unemployed. Yes. Uh, <laughs> in the middle of a financial crisis. Yes. So I found myself with a lot of free time 
mm. and no money to go out. <laughs> and it was then that I started writing the Frey and McGray series. Ah, okay. Uh, I and... had the idea in my mind for, I had it, yeah, I had, had it in my head for a while, but it wasn't yeah. then that I, I found myself with the time to, to write yeah. it. Yeah. And, and w- when this is going on, where, where were you based in the UK at the time? I was based in Manchester. Manchester I, I okay. went to Manchester Uni. And yeah. then oh, I did too. Up. I think I can't remember if, we, if I knew that or not. Yeah, we both. Went, uh, okay. I, we must have come up at some. It point. must. Yeah. Have done. It <laughs> yes. must have done. It must have done. It's a small world. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, so, and the job I got was uh, out, out outside, just outside of Manchester. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, because uh, yeah, so let's let's we can kind of chat a little bit about uh, Frame McRae then. So you're in you're in Manchester. Um, you're but you're wanting to write about Edinburgh. So where does where does that come from? What was the 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 desire to kind of write about Edinburgh versus you know Victorian Manchester? Uh, well, the main reason, quite frankly, is just that I loved Edinburgh. <laughs> and yeah. I, I had I, I've never lived in Edinburgh, and a part of me doesn't want to live there because it will lose kind of a, a bit of the charm. <laughs> right. <laughs> Once yeah. you live in a place, you, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but I, I loved it, and I had been to Edinburgh a million times before yeah. I thought, even before I thought I would write a book about well, set in the city. Yeah, and it just as soon as I had the idea, it was I thought it would be the perfect location because uh, it has all the little closes and all the yeah. medieval old town um, right next to the Georgian mansions of the new town. Yeah. Um, it was it was perfect for for that uh, kind of world, yeah. Uh, with all the little alleys where you think someone's someone's gonna stab you, and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, um, it's true. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I didn't want to write something set in London, in Victorian London, because mm. uh, back then, well, now there's a bit more of um, uh, period fiction set in Scotland, but back then yeah. everything was set in London. It was the yeah. kind of Penny Dreadful and Ripper Street kind of right, uh, yes. years. And yes. everything was London. Everything was set in London. Yes, that's true. That's true. I, I really I can relate to you on 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 the reason for for writing Edinburgh. That was um my first lengthy experience in Edinburgh was back in twenty seventeen where I um my aunt had a fringe fringe show for for two or three weeks, which I, I so oh yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. We we met talked about Blackwell's, it as well. <laughs> yep, yep. And um, that I, I be, being immersed in the city for for three three weeks or so, and having had one brief visit there prior to that, um, I was like, oh my god, I love this place. And that was it. Was from there that when I went to think about my my PhD proposal, I was like, I want my story to be set in Edinburgh, but I want it to be the 1920s because I love the 1920s. Uh, and and I love Edinburgh, so let's let's throw these things together and see and see what happens. But yeah, it's it's such a fun city that it's so like well in 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 many ways, not in always, but in many ways, it's so well preserved from through throughout history. Like what that what it looks like today is not far off from what you know yeah. most a lot of it looked like a hundred years ago or 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 more. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, that that reminds me of this this really funny story when I was doing yeah. uh, research. Um, I found this map, uh, what Frank McGregor said, in between 1888 and 1890. Yes. Um, and I found this map from a few years before. That was mm. the closest I could find to the period. Um, 
and then I was looking for the Lunatic Asylum, and I, which is part of the plot yeah. of the book. Um, and I went to the tourist office, and they said, oh, yeah, you have to take this bus, which I did. And yeah. then I realized I didn't know where to get off the bus. <laughs> <laughs> and I only, I, all I had was my 1800-something uh, map. <laughs> and I was just really, uh, well, I couldn't ask the driver to please, could you please stop in the building that used to be the Lunatic Asylum in the 19th right. century? Mm -hmm. um, so I followed my 19th century map and it took me there. I got there. <laughs> Good. I could still... <laughs> It's still, still after there. Like 150 years, you could still use. Uh, and a lot of the streets have, as you said, the, the same names and the same layers. Yes. Uh, and it's really, really, really well preserved. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. Which you wouldn't be able to necessarily accomplish that if you had a Victorian London map. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. That 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 city changes so so much. So what in what so okay we got we got the idea of why you liked Edinburgh. Um, what then inspired? the story what what inspired to write you know you to write Frey and, and McGray and 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 build these characters yeah again the I remember the moment when I had idea uh, and and I, and I I think I may have told you before but I, I was having a chat with some friends mm. uh, and, and I can't remember the context of the conversation but one of them said the phrase Victorian X-Files yes and I just 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 I just stopped there and I was like okay that's yeah that's like bling yeah just that, that's perfect for a for a for a book series and just from that phrase everything everything snowballed uh well uh, as i said i i i thought it's going to be if it's going to be victorian it's going to be edinburgh yeah and then okay so the main character has to be scottish at least one of them um yeah. and everything just just snowballed from there yeah I, I I love that uh, Victorian X Files. That's so. In terms of like your you you know your your background in in terms of other genres and books and TV shows that you liked, um, was that like was that just a match made in heaven? Or you were you know are you were you a big sci fi horror fan growing up? Uh it kind of was. Well, it it kind of was because my my mom had all the Agatha Christie novels on the shelves yeah uh, and i read started reading them when i was even well uh, probably a bit too young to you know <laughs> you have all the murders and the infidelities and all that yes. stuff that goes on in the agatha christie novels um but, but that, I, i'm a huge fan of science fiction as well and mm. and fantasy M more science fiction than fantasy but i like fantasy as well mm. um uh, in fact i have a fantasy idea uh, and a science fiction idea that I may be writing in the future, but uh, going back, um, my favorite Victorian books are Dracula and The Hound of the Baskervilles. Yeah. And just from those two, you can, after you read The Friend of Grace, you're like, yeah, of course. Of course, he's a fan of uh, The Hound of the Baskervilles. Um, yeah. And I, I loved having that little bit of um, a spooky element, yes. kind of the, the, the supernatural element. Um, and yeah, it was just like it was just a, a find. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that it's a gold. It's a golden nugget idea for sure. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Yes. I, yeah. I remember. I for some reason I I can't remember many books in terms of where I picked them up and when I, when they came into my life. But I I for some reason I remember yours. I I remember being. I was living in Peckham at the time, which is in southeast London, and I was at uh, there's like a. Uh, village next next to Peckham and that has um, a giant Sainsbury's 
uh, I went in there and I was kind of perusing the perusing the books, and you're the book cover for uh, the string of murder. A strings of murder uh, just kind of jumped out to me. I thought the cover looked awesome. I was big into Victorian fiction at that time. Uh, picked it up and yeah, I devoured. It. I, th- I thought it was just really cool. I still remember scenes of like the haunting violin being played and uh, it, yeah, it's it's such a it was such an atmospheric atmospheric book. Um, and yeah, you you balance that 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 kind of fantasy horror crime really 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 well um i think in my opinion um very much (laughs) and uh yeah so so let's go back a little bit then so you've you've got this idea uh you're writing it down what's what was the process like of you know did you find an agent did you find a publisher first was that difficult was it easy hard what was because everyone has such a different story when it comes to that what what was what was your journey um, well, the uh, it, it was I was in the uh, slush pile. Uh, I just I just had to apply to well send my work to literally all the agents in the <laughs> book. Uh, literally all yes. the agents that that said they would take fiction. Yeah. Um, and it, I remember it went in. I, I did several batches, <laughs> and and uh, the. And back then, you still had to submit uh, printed. You, you you had to print your print out Jeez, your stuff. Yeah, and, of course. And uh, sometimes I, I I forget how just how it was not that long ago. <laughs> no, like we're talking like what ten, twelve ish, maybe thirteen years ago. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I now it, they won't take any print uh, submissions. No. Print submissions. Uh, no. Yeah. So. Um, I I put all my. It was cheaper to pay for the postage back than to print the the next submission so i always yeah got them back yeah um and then i got my agent um and then it it this was still during the well in the aftermath of the financial crisis so it, it, yeah it, it took her a couple of years to find a publisher for yeah for Anne gray yeah um which was kind of was kind of good because I was writing. I started writing my other series, which is set in Mexico. Yeah, uh, and I had the idea while, you know, it was my kind of plan B. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I had. I'm probably not the best person to ask how to get an agent and publisher because it it took so bloody long. <laughs> well, no, yeah, I mean that that's that's the point is is it's it's yeah. a really grueling process. I think you hear yeah. these these stupid stories of like you know people who had it just really easy who uh you know i don't know oh i had to send it to 10 people and i had 12 rejections and everybody wanted it <laughs> yeah or that or that and it's just like oh god okay and then you send you know <coughs> hundreds of hundreds of of submissions out and and either no one responds or the five that do are like fuck off <laughs> you're yeah. like oh shit <laughs> great okay man what do i do um cuz it is it is it is tough and i and i do think yeah, like for a lot of people on the outside and people wanting to break in. I think it's, I think it's kind of important to let them know that it's, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, the, the, the book that I wrote for the PhD, I mean, that, that, that fucker has been on submission for like a year and a half, you know, it's, it's come, it's come close a couple of times, but there's just, it's, it's a very difficult process. You gotta, you know, yep. you just gotta find the right person at the right time to, to get it, you know, yeah, to, exactly. yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, take absolutely. it on. And it, that's not easy. Uh, and even when we got the, we got the first book published with Penguin. Um, it was, uh, I've got my agent sent it to them 
and the chief editor she liked it but Mm. but she didn't want to publish it and her then assistant editor he loved it and then she left to a different Ah. publisher like this was like a year later and then her assistant editor who then became my editor he contacted my agent asking if the book was still available oh cool and that's how that's how it happened um and yeah as you said you have to be at the right place at the right time and and it's a really unfair process Uh, it's really subjective um it is it is i'm always also kind of curious this is kind of a side sidebar is is you know where we were 10 12 years ago with publishing is is very different to now now you can do it independently rather well and quite comparable you know is to, to what it was yeah yeah compared to what it was back then back then I, it was it was still because i remember um uh, uh sue grafton got kind of raked over the coals about that time because she kind of dished um uh self-publishing she she was like oh it's just just vanity publishing but her where she was coming from was kind of back in the 90s early 2000s when it was Van, quite vanity um but it was starting to emerge and try and crawl its way out of that side of that sort of um stigma uh at around at around the time that your your first book was was coming out and now it's now it's a very very different different animal mm. um i mean is it is that ever something that because things are so difficult with and and subjective really um which is the which is the difficulty is i mean is that something that you would you encourage up and coming people to to give a, to do first if if no one is taking their book because is it that their book isn't good or is it that the right person hasn't seen the book and the book still should is still worth being being produced i suppose if they put the time and effort for the right editing and stuff like that uh i think it's a, uh it's a very difficult thing to to to, to give like a i'm gonna give like a, a one answer, yeah one fit for all answer yeah yeah um i think if I would personally still try to get my book published in the yeah. traditional way before yeah. I would self-publish. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would listen to the feedback if you get any, because even if, if you get, yeah, because most of the times you won't get any <laughs> feedback. If you get any feedback, just mm. take it that that's a gold nugget. It, it just, it, it's, it's almost like a compliment, even if it's yeah. bad feedback, because yeah. it, it means they took the time. Yeah, to reply to you and give you an actual feedback, and and I had quite a few of those uh, with Fern McGray, even that they said, "Oh, we really like it," but yes, the market, blah 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 blah. Yeah, and yeah. but also in in this changing of the book market, book, book business, book mm. market, um, publishers have become more uh, cautious. With what they yeah. take on, not not less, uh, yeah. yeah. And now, pretty much, you need to have a, a whole fan base built up yeah. before yeah. they will even consider your work. Um, yeah. I I couldn't do that t- no, today. No, no I, 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 if yeah, I, I just I just don't have the patience for that. <laughs> no, no. I mean, that's the thing. Like now nowadays, yeah. you are, and this is kind of where it's it. I I really understand a lot of people exploring self publishing, particularly after they've submitted so long. It's like, well, you know what? I have the social media. I have the ability. You know, I can I can just do all this myself. They're going to require me, you know, to do stupid fucking TikToks and and stuff and stuff like that. So 
if I'm going to do all this stuff and all this work, I might as well just get the I whole well the yeah. whole chunk the whole, of the of the, of the exactly. royalty back, really. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it is it is a really interesting it is an interesting thing, and I've, I have a, you know some friends recently who have you know who he was trying very hard to get his book published. It's a fantastic book. No one no one was taking it on, so we self published it, and it's you know it's great. It looks good. It, it it it's a fantastic read, and I I totally get I totally get why he did that because. Uh, you know, at some point it's like, all right, if no one else is going to take it on, I think, I think I, I, if you believe in the book, I mean, I think, I think put it out, but it, it is, um, yeah, it, it is, it is a complicated thing though. It is, it is still, it is still quite complicated because, because I guess if you're talking about literary festivals and stuff like that, they, they might not, they still kind of don't yeah. bring that person on. There's like a couple of, of crime writing crime writers who are self-published that are really big, like L, uh, LJ Ross and, and, uh, Mark, mm-hmm. what's his name? Mark, whatever the hell. Um, I can't remember his name now. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mark Dawson, Mark Dawson. There Dawson. we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, <laughs> those guys, um, you know, they're, 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 you know, quite huge and, and they, I think they kind of get some recognition, but there's, you know, others, others, others less. So. Yeah. Um, but there's still also like, like for some awards, well, most of the awards, they won't, they won't even take um, no. submissions from uh, self-published authors. Yeah. Which is, true. Uh, true. Yeah. But the CWA, the Crime Writers Association, which I'm a member of, I think you are too, maybe. I, I, I was. <laughs> we'll just say, we'll just say you are. It's fine. Yeah. We'll yeah. Say, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think they, they, they've opened up a little bit more. To, oh yeah. To, they have a catalog. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and possibly, I think maybe the Society of Authors has as well, which is, which is good. Which yeah. Is good. So kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's it's more uh, socially acceptable. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So so back to back to writing Frame and Gray, and then then I want to talk about your Christmas book. Um, you know, you, you're doing historical fiction. There's these horror elements, fantasy elements, stuff like that. But but there's also still you know one thing I really I really liked about your books uh, was the historical detail. Uh, it, it felt very authentic. It felt um, well researched. Uh, so I suppose the question is is what what is kind of the for you the role of writing historical fiction then what's what's the you know why why look at the past even though you've got these kind of fantasy horror elements happening that are that are you know fun and obviously not based in reality depending on what you believe you know you never know um but like yeah what was what was the kind of the purpose for you of 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 wanting to did you want to say anything about his of about edinburgh at that time i guess is the long-winded question um well the actually it, it it took me a while to find the exact year I wanted to uh to set mm. the book in. Um and ultimately it was eighteen eighty eight because that was the uh, the Jack the Reaper uh, yes. murders, which are yep. a bit linked with the with why Frey yes. is sent to Scotland. Um, yep. because he being a proper Englishman, he hates Scotland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yes. I, I, I I was trying to. Um, we had this um, set, this uh, book chat in in Mexico, and I was trying yeah. to explain them how horrible it would have been for a, an upper class Englishman to be sent to Scotland in the nineteenth mm. century. Mm. And I said, imagine you have an M- an FBI agent sent to do investigations in Mexico. I, I mean, in present day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then and then he arrives in Mexico and there's all the corruption and there are no budget and um well I'm Mexican by the way so I'm I'm allowed to say these things. Um so, so yeah it would be like it would be a trauma to, to, to back then it would have been a trauma as well to, yeah, to, to yeah. Scotland because it was a yeah. completely completely different world. Yeah. Uh 
and it was all that that fun of uh, all the cultural differences and also um, the, the the books are quite well the whole series is a bit of a a marriage of contrasts mm. uh, you have the Scottish and English you have the upper class and the uh, rough around the edges mm. um, you have the debate between what's supernatural and what's scientific um, and it was that kind of it was a very brief period like between 1880s and and 18 well probably until the 1900s mm. when both kind of both idea both ideologies both mm. uh, uh, were um, kind of competing at it yeah i'm trying to find the right words to say that it, it if you, you make the class you, differences, the, the yeah, the the, cla the, cla the cla yeah. Uh, no, I mean yeah. the, the scientific thought and superstition. Oh, I see. Right, right. Yes, um, yes, yes. Yeah. Because and the best example, science is, versus religion versus spirituality yeah, exactly. versus yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was that very brief period in history when they were both clashing and they were both equally strong. Yeah, yeah. If I had set it up, um, just a few decades, just even just ten, twenty years before. Yeah. Um. Well, my Grace sister, I should have mentioned her earlier. She goes, she's in a lunatic asylum because yeah. she kills both their parents and then slices McGray's finger. Yes. And that's why he's nicknamed Nine Nails McGray. Nine Nails, yeah, yeah. Um, so if I, had, if I had said the books just, just 20 years before, she would have been burned as a witch. Right. And if I had sent, said it uh, just, I don't know, like the 1920s. Mm. Uh, they, everybody would have been like, "Oh no, of course, of course, she wasn't uh, possessed by the devil, as she claims. She, yes. she, uh, she's just mad. There's just some some mental illness." Yes. But in the 1880s, she could still be. The both arguments were equally strong. That's the phrase yeah. I was looking for. Yes. Both arguments yes. were equally strong. Yes. And the best example is is Conan Doyle because he was mm. uh, he was a medical doctor. Uh, who studied in Edinburgh, by the way. Uh, but he also believed in seances. Uh, he was obsessed with talking yes. with the death. Yes. Um, and that and was Houdini what... was like, come on, Arthur. Come on, yes. man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm exposing all these people, Arthur. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, 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 that kind of summarizes the Frame My Grey series. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, with two I, different I, men. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, I, I love it though. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I like that. Like you picking that time and those in that kind of cultural clash and philosophical clash and those ideas. I, I, it's such a, it's such a fun, it's such a fun series. Um, what, what? Looking back, what was, what's your biggest takeaway? Because you recently brought the series to a conclusion, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It was always meant to be a close. Mm. Uh, it yep. was never going to be an unopened series. I was right. um, uh, in mind that uh, it would be these many books, and right. um, the, this, the reason why my Gray's sister kills their parents uh, right. is not fully revealed until the very last book. Oh right, yes, uh, yes, yes. In, yes, a, yes, in yes. a very Harry Potter kind of style. Yeah, um, and then in each book, I give. A bit of extra clues. Each book is a is an individual case. Yes. You can read it, read them pretty much standalone. -ish. Yeah. Um, you don't have to read them in order, actually. Yeah. Um, but I give a little bit of a clue in each book. 
Yeah, a subtle, subtle art yeah. going through the yes. whole. I like that. Yeah, uh, and, and everything just comes to conclusion in in the last book. Uh, so what I uh, I particularly liked. Um, My, my two favorite books, quite frankly, are, uh, I can't de decide between books four and five. Mm. Um, the book four, I think, has the um, the nicest twist in the series. Mm. Um, that, that, Don't spoil it now. No, For anyone listening who might not have read your book, let's not spoil <laughs> anything, but yes. Um, that, that, that was called uh, Lock of the Dead. Yes. And uh, yeah, the, the, almost every page has a clear clue yeah as to what's going on yeah. and and it's also the, the the book before was was really complicated to write and um and the twist is quite complex but in lock of the dead it's a very simple twist yeah and it's it's there all the time uh, and and it's it's still uh, modesty aside i managed to keep it it, it it it's a proper explosion when when the when the yeah. uh, when I when the big reveal, yeah, um, and book five, that's when um, there's this seance mm. um, hosted by Magray's best friend, Madame Caterina, who is one of yeah. my favorite characters ever, who, who owns a brewery on the ground floor, and then the up floor is, is her divination room. So yeah. get them drunk and then read the yeah. Um, <laughs> so she holds, hosts this seance and the following day everyone in the room's dead except her mm. so it's a courtroom drama with yeah. Magray because she's obviously accused of the murders yeah. and um, it's a courtroom drama and it's a, it's a proper race against time and mm. again I like that it's a very it's, I think it's the most streamlined plot mm. because that there's that race against time yeah, uh, the tension is always always ramping up throughout the yeah. book. Yeah, and it was a joy. That, that, that was probably the one I enjoyed writing the most. Yeah, it, it just it just almost wrote itself. Yeah, yeah. I I, I love the series. I, I they're fun and and you know I I like returning to them when I when I can. I, I every everything I you know I've always been a big fan uh, and I I highly recommend it. But mm. but um, let's move on and talk about. Death yes. on the Polar Express. Love this little book. There you go. Uh, love the cover. Let's talk about the cover first. I mean, this cover is just is awesome. Uh, and you did the you did the illustration. You painted. I did. That. I did illustration. Yes. Uh, and that was a, from my childhood dream of uh, writing my books and illustrating and doing the covers for my own books. So yes. It's the first time I can actually do it. Uh, I mean, I was very lucky with the Fred McGray covers because uh, oh they're, they're really they're, they're stinking amazing. cool man. Uh, and they did lots of really really cool stuff that i yeah and really groovy stuff that i wouldn't i would have never dreamed of yes in uh, a world where so many books look the same i think that again that absolutely. was why the strings uh, strings yes. of murder jumped out to me in uh, all of them yeah. ever since has i mean they, i also think the darker the darker arts is a fantastic cover i love that anyway they're, they're very good covers. Like the, the, yeah because I, I was really looking at that but but for this one i i, I thought uh oh yeah it's it's uh i i have to read at one, one point um, yeah it was it was almost not non-negotiable <laughs> <laughs> i i love it it's, it's got such a um I don't know. It's just like badass Santa. I I just badass I love Santa, it. Yes. I love it. Uh, it was inspired actually. That that's where the 
also where the idea of the book came from. Mm. There was this caricature, I think it was from the 1920s, mm. uh, of uh, the the Puck magazine, um, um, and the and the, the the cover was Santa with a with a gun. Okay, point, point, pointing out, uh, pointing uh. the camera, uh, and it was. Yeah, that that just kind of inspired the the whole thing. Um, oh, I love that. So, okay, so what what inspired? So you you know you finished you finished up Fran McGray. What was the inspiration to move from from Edinburgh? You know, Victorian Edinburgh thrill, crime horror fantasy elements to a Christmas crime novel. What? <laughs> yeah, Christmas crime novel. Uh, my agent gave me the perfect answer to that. And he said, Oscar is like you took a year off after uni and went out to do really wacky, crazy stuff. Yeah. Because <laughs> and that's that's that, that's the perfect answer because um the Fred McGray series took a lot of planning. And yes. some of the well the twists, the final twist in book seven, I had been I had worked that out from book one, even mm. even before book one was ready. I, I the, the conclusion was already worked out. Yeah. Uh, and quite a bit of the final scenes was also mapped out. Yes, uh, and then just bringing just the execution was a, a nightmare because I had to go through notes of like, like that were like fifteen years old, yeah. and and make sure that all the little clues in all the books matched. And yeah. I, um, my reference books, I went from historical books to actual to like using my own series as the reference books yeah, yeah. um so yeah, it took it took a lot of um like mental effort uh and then i thought i want to write just something uh, uh i want to write something standalone yep still challenging but mm. uh but i want to write something standalone that i can just plot it in uh within a few months weeks um and i can and, and something that i will just enjoy from like like every single page yeah um and i literally enjoyed i think every line every paragraph uh, yes uh, uh, i i love re- it, it, it's i don't want to say something no it was it, it was a, a very personal like a gift to myself mm. like I've, I've, been, I've been writing about uh gruesome murders and um really dark dark stuff yes um so i know I want to bring out my my funny side. Which, there's a lot of comedy in the Fran Gray books as well. Yes, um, yeah. but this one is a this is much more much more comedy, uh, and I, I just laughed out loud when I was uh, when I was writing <laughs> it. And because I wrote it between Christmas and March, so it was like three months, mm. and I would have a a little a little glass of something before I started writing it uh, every evening. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I just I just enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's wonderful. I so I, Santa was interesting at the, particularly at the beginning of the novel. Um, probably I should probably give the uh, a bit of the um, blurb. Yeah, what, yeah, what yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, basically, one of elf, uh, Santa's elves gets murdered. Yes, uh, and he's just he's not just any elf. He's the uh, head of the elves' union. Who have been, who has been fighting for the elves' rights uh, in the workplace for years, mm. and he's been clashing with Santa for years, and then the elves, of course, they, they're, they're outraged, and the, the ultimatum is that if Santa can't find the gold trade before Christmas, they will strike 
Yeah. And nobody will deliver the toys that year. Yep. Yes. I it was it was again, it's another it's a fun just ticking clock uh uh story. Yep. Um and in general, like Christmas stories kind of a lot of Christmas stories have a ticking clock element to them. Um yeah, it has to be before Christmas, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. So I, I wondered if was that did you go in with that mindset of a lot of Christmas stories have this, or was it just by by chance? Or I mean everyone loves the idea of of Christmas being cancelled and, and having to thwart the cancellation of, of Christmas. Uh, it, it was a bit Learn a bit of the stuff I learned while doing the Frank McGray. So, as I said, yeah. the, the the Dark Crowds book, where there's this race against time to to save Madame Caterina, yeah, and that kind of that sets the plot for, for the rest of the yeah. book. So, this as well, I, I very consciously use that yeah. element as well. Um, the, the murder takes place on the twenty third, twenty third of December, twenty third, twenty third. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Santa only has like a, a few hours. Well, yeah, less than two days to solve the solve the case. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was very conscious conscious decision to do it that way. So Sans again, he was he's very sort of. It's interesting at the beginning because you have this clash and like you think of Santa as this warm, you know, warm fuzzy jolly yeah, guy. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> and and then we see this kind of this. You've done you you did this sort of darker side of Santa where the you know the elves are. Uh, you know that they're they're ex- kind of exploited labor a little bit. They're they're really unhappy. Bit, yeah. yeah, they're unhappy with their their wages where they're living. All the all that kind of stuff. You know, they're the I think there's a line where, like the reindeer have a better accommodation than the than the elves. So yeah, so I I was wondering kind of what what inspired that particular element. What what why did you want to take that 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 angle with with you know Santa being this kind of uh, capitalist you jerk a little bit yeah uh well that um one of my friends was asking me if her 10 year old boy could read it and i said yes there are more jokes about capitalism than about sex yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um and yeah I, I yeah santa is of yeah he's the well of course he has his massive house and yes. uh, and the elves that that was my 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 my, well, my favorite idea was that the elves live in this valley that that now it's flooded because of mm. global global warming uh because the, the pools are the pools are melting now now the, the elves houses are half flooded um yeah. and santa doesn't have enough resources to to rebuild the whole town um it's actually one of the things that really worry me of um modern day life mm. um all this capitalist yeah. versus socialism yeah but I've always seen myself as a very center person, and I, I, mm. um, uh, I, I do have, I, I do add the, the dark side of Santa, as you said, that yeah, he kind yeah. of explodes the elves, uh, but then the, I explain all the burden that he has, yes, because he has, he has to look after the elves, he has to manage the whole uh, North Pole operation, yeah, um. There's all these incredibly high expectations on Santa. He has to be always jolly, always merry, and always fuzzy and lovey-dovey. Yeah. Um, and that's how he's a bit, um, uh, a bit weary, um, mm-hmm. a bit disillusioned. Uh, uh, and so I, I, 
I liked, I wanted to have those both, both sides. Yeah. Because he's still quite jolly in the book. Uh, he actually, is. And you can, yes. And you can still see that he cares that, yes. about the elves. Um, yeah. He, um, it, it's a, I quite like that because it's, it's, it's a very complex mm. uh, clash, clash of elements. It, uh, I, I, I I really think a modern day Santa would be would be like that. <laughs> yeah, when I was reading it, I I kept thinking that th this version of Santa he's 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 quite hard boiled. Like you can kind of yeah. you can kind of see him with like you know like the Philip Marlowe. This he's kind of like a Philip Marlowe esque Sam Spade esque who is who is a good guy, but he's 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 a tarnished he's a tarnished yeah, individual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah um, you know, which which I just found so fun. What was the research process like for this particular <laughs> novel? Like, were you like deep diving into like Christmas lore? Because there's there's Christmas like on every single page. So much like little fun little nods and references and and you know jokes and things. Like, yeah, what? How did you go yeah, in was... and like pick the stuff that you wanted? Well, actually, one of the reasons. I wanted to write it was because I said I'm not going to do any research, and I ended up doing a lot of research. Okay, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> um, so I started. I, I did a lot of research on the most famous and most popular toys of the 20th century. Yeah, uh, which are, quite a few are mentioned in the book. Yep. Like the the Johnny Seven, which is the Johnny murder 7, weapon, yeah. it did exist, uh, yeah. and I did find the actual TV ad for for the <laughs> Johnny Seven. Oh, awesome! Uh, which is quite well. I, I didn't do anything to it. I just described it. Yeah, as it was, it as it was, um, and the Super Mario Brothers um, uh, game. That the, the, yep. the, 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 there was a shortage of chips that yes. year. Yes. And uh, the worst tragedy in the world that, that was that it couldn't be delivered on time for Christmas. Yeah. Bless the 90s because that was the worst tragedy we would we could No kidding, of. right? Jeez. <laughs> yes. I get why people are nostalgic for the 90s now. <laughs> oh yeah, yes, exactly, yes. Um and also all the songs and all the there are there are lots of uh Christmassy puns. Yes. But they're actually but they're actually they're good puns. Mm. I hope. Like there they when, are. They're good. <laughs> when um, uh, Rudolph kicks Santa in the frosticles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and the, the partridge, uh, the 12 days of Christmas, when every little line is actually a sexual innuendo. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and yes. I, and I, had, I had loads of fun going through the Christmas songs and seeing how I could... Uh, play with them yeah play with that yeah um so that, that that was my research just sitting with a glass of something listening to christmas songs and looking for innuendos yeah. <laughs> I, I i swear i mean i think there's every, every once in a while you one will stumble upon a book and you can tell you can tell every page was was a joy and i and i think you know it, it reminded me as i was reading it reminded me of i mean some of my favorite films are crime and and like well you know christmas adjacent like things like die hard lethal weapon kiss kiss bang bang they're all kind of you know tough tough crime novels but set around the the jolly around goodness this, yeah. of, of of christmas time um are those films at all uh an influence on you did that sort of did you revisit anything like that when you were when you were writing this book i rewatched the um chevy chase uh christmas movie, oh christmas vacation Yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I can't remember the title, but the, of course it was Christmas Vacation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, I, I rewatched re all the 
all they must have uh, Home Alone, um, which was the other one I watched. Uh, I reread A Christmas Carol. Right. Yep. Uh, all the all, yeah, all, all the ones you, you usually go for at Christmas, and I quite like. I, I inserted the the this bit. Um, it's a Christmas tradition for me to watch either The Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit. Same. Every Christmas we do Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then Santa, he, after he delivers the toys, he says that his favorite way to just uh, lay down, uh, uh, sit back, is just watch the Hobbit trilogy. Yes. Uh, just spot all the inconsistencies and all the ways they dragged out the plot. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, uh, I was... Uh, I'm really hoping. The, well, this this is going to be one of my family's tradition, Christmas tradition. We will sit, yeah, uh, every Christmas and listen to the audiobook in our pajamas. Oh, I love that. That that's fun. That that's fun. Yeah. How how long is the audiobook? Because it's 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 um. I mean, it's it's a kind of like the, the book is rather compact. Um, yes. And it's like two hundred some odd pages, but it's it's a compact book. Um. How yeah, long? How long um, is the audiobook? Thing? It's just on the. It's like two and a half hours, so it's oh, a yeah, yeah. It's a short, it's a short uh, book. It's kind of designed to to be read after Christmas yeah. dinner when when you're uh, you know you, you're completely stuffed and you can't do anything. And you just yeah, yeah. I that that was I like that about yeah. this and, and thinking about things like 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 a Christmas Carol. Like some some of these like classics are digestible within a, a short yeah. period of time. They're not. They're read not them in you an, know, in an yeah. afternoon, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I loved, I love that this is a, a nice little kind of slice of Christmas. It's not, uh, it's not an intimidating book by 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 any means. I mean, for me, a, a four, uh, you know, a four hundred word book, a page is a four hundred word lol. Four hundred page book I, I, I is intimidating. I wish they were that long. They could be that long. <laughs> very quick, very quick to write. <laughs> would no kidding? Would you? Are you? Is there ideas for? Would you want to do a sequel to this in the future, or do you just want to leave this? You know, this alone is this wonderful little one-off Christmas, you know, thriller. Ah, uh, well, it's one of those that because um, the ending is a bit, a bit open-ended. Yes. Without saying more. Explain. Yes. Um, it's one of those that uh, it, it just worked that way when I wrote it. Yeah. Um, and you think, oh, maybe there's something there, but uh, a couple of ideas. I've had a couple of ideas, you know, like when you're in the shower, but I'm not, not, not really. Yeah, thinking of thinking like formally of doing a yeah. sequel. Um, I, I really enjoyed the the audiobooks. Uh, um, I have to say that, that, that we're releasing them both in in Spanish and English at the same right. time. Actually, right. the same actor that did the Fran McGray books. Uh, he's oh. doing the he's doing the the audiobook. Well, cool. he's already recorded. Uh, so they're just editing the last few bits. So awesome. It's going to be out very very soon. Um, so yeah, I think I, I, I'm quite happy with it as it is because it was, yeah. as I said, it was a real joy and as, as a present to myself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for the time cool. being, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy leaving it. Cool, as, cool. As it is. What's okay? Two two questions. Uh, was there were there were there any sort of because again, it's it's very different to to frame a gray. What you know. Was there any sort of worry or concern or was difficulty going from something like that to something like this and getting it, you know, published or or was it just sort of like, you know, easy? I, what was I didn't, when I started it, I, I, it wasn't in the plans to, to publish it. 
Oh, okay. I, I literally, I did. I yeah. just wrote it for myself. Right. Right. Um, and I mentioned it to my German publisher, mm. uh, and they said, "Oh no, yeah, we want it. We will. Awesome. Uh, we'll do the audiobook and we'll do it in Spanish and English." And uh, yes, it, it was. Yeah. Wonderful. Oh, that's good. The Germans, they say they do have a sense of humor. They do. They do. Yes. <laughs> and, they, and they love the, they love really wacky books. That, that, that's what I love. Yes. About. Yes. Because that, that's the thing. That's what I was thinking about when I when I, you know, when a when you first start talking about this book and then and then having read it, I, I think about like, you know, there's there's a bunch of um there's a bunch of books coming out right now that are Christmassy, crimey related. And they're all very sort of like none of them interest me. Uh, you know, they're they're it's like. <laughs> typical stuff like oh i don't know i'm not gonna name names or, or point fingers but i'm just like uh you know it's all it's it's basically the, the typical book it just has christmas on the cover and yeah. we see it time and time again yeah it could um, be just any any murder just but just just ended in christmas at christmas yeah time. yeah, yeah. so i love the fact that like i love odd odd books that do that do fun things and this is this is just that it's it's i i wish people i wish i wish publishers in the u.s and the uk took a little bit more risk with certain things and, and we're willing to do, cause this is just so, so fun. Um, where, where will people be able to, to purchase this book? Uh, well, it's going to be on audible in, as I said, Spanish and English. Mm. I think there might be a German version next year awesome. as well. And also as, as an ebook uh, that will be also available through, through my German publisher. Great. Uh, we, printed out a few just a few hundred hardbacks mm. like the one i sent you yes uh, and again that was my whim because i wanted to i, I wanted to have it this size yes uh so it's, cool. an, it's an a six yeah maybe maybe five uh so it, yeah it's 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 tiny yes um and we we still uh, it was pretty much more like to um uh almost like a publicity Mm. To have the publicity, but if people want them, uh, I can you can contact me on my social media. Awesome, and, uh, awesome. We can we can sort something out. Well, I I love the fact that I'm I'm lucky enough to have one of the one of the few printed printed copies because this is um truly truly wonderful, truly wonderful. Um, Oscar, we got to wrap up, but is, I had a lot of fun talking about Edinburgh horror, fantasy, crime, Christmas. Um, where can people find you online? You know, if they if maybe they want to get the physical copy from you, maybe they just want to follow you. Where 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 can people find you online if you want them to? Uh well I'm on um Twitter and Instagram as Oscar de Muriel, everything together, just one word. Nice. And I'm very good at replying. I'm also on Facebook, but I I, uh, I hate the Facebook interface. So uh, if you find me there, I may, it might take me a little bit longer to reply. Yeah, um, I will eventually. Uh, but Instagram and Twitter, because I refuse to call it X. Uh, <laughs> I'm very, I'm very good at replying. replying yeah. There. yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, and also for anyone listening, there will be links to Oscar's website and places where you can buy the frame of gray books and, and, and all that kind of stuff in the description of this video. If you're watching on YouTube or in the description, if you're listening on Apple podcast or Spotify. Um, so go check out Oscar's books. You will not be disappointed and, uh, find them on social media. Um, yeah, Oscar, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for coming in and, uh, Thank look forward you. to having you back in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. Always, cool, always a pleasure. <laughs> nice. And uh, everyone who listened, thank you for tuning in and I'll see you next week. The Secret Shopper.